Welcome to The Silent Lotus. I'm Sudithi. And I'm Suhita. We are two South Asian women who are very young and figuring out how to navigate the world. Join us on our journeys of tackling our health, self-care, and mustache hairs. A gentle reminder that we are not experts, just two young women hosting a podcast. We encourage you to seek out support from a trained health professional as needed. Welcome to The Silent Lotus. Sita, how are you doing this week? I'm okay. I feel like I just woke up because I kind of did. Um, (laughs) This week was really busy and stressful, to be completely honest. Just a very exhausting week. I feel kind of drained. But, of course, there's always still one small thing to highlight the week, I guess, which is definitely for me, just the Taylor Swift album coming out. And I think it's super timely because in a recent episode, you were talking about how you're not a huge fan (laughs) of Taylor Swift. Uh, Well, this album slaps. Um, I love it. It's definitely, okay, it definitely does blend together a little bit. So I'm not a huge fan of the album as a whole, but there are just some songs on the album that I think are incredible and I'm really happy about it. And on top of that, on a personal note, I finally got back into like exercising daily. So I did like four proper days this week because Friday I was honestly just way too burnt out. So I slept in, which I think I needed, but like I'm really happy and I feel so much Mm -hmm. healthier kind of like some getting there. So yeah. still something happy. That's yeah. awesome. What about you? Those are wonderful highlights. Well, okay, to respond to your Taylor Swift <laughs> thing very quickly, um, because people are like, why are you being so hypocritical? I'm not being hypocritical. Mm-hmm. Uh, I would say that I said that I disliked post-2014 Taylor Swift, which were the two, I think it was the Lover album and the Reputation album. This album, okay, there are some songs from it that are excellent. Like, I could vibe to There's, I have a literal playlist of four of the songs on the album, and I the playlist is called Good Songs from Folklore. Okay, because there's, I, but, like, like, I understand that, like, songs. Lover and Reputation as albums aren't great, just like Folklore, but there are some songs on each album that are genuinely really good, and I think that you should learn okay. to appreciate them, or at least try. That's my take on Tay-Tay. Okay, okay. Well, on the note of good music, um, my first highlight of the week is um, there's a new Billie Eilish song, and it vibes. It's so good. You can just, I've been, I vibed in it, vibed to that song for like 25 minutes in the shower this morning. Oh, wow. Wait, I I haven't heard the song yet. Showers. It's so good. It's called My Future, and it's wonderful. Oh, interesting. Um, And yeah, my second highlight of the week. Oh, this is a good one. Um, I successfully this week completed running 100 yeah, miles you did. in the month of July. And I'm very proud of that. I'm very proud of you. That's yeah. so exciting. So is Thank that 100 you. miles yeah, for the month? Yeah, it was very month? exciting. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's so yeah. exciting. So I ran about, I mean, yeah, I wish I wish I could say that I was really consistent about it, but I wasn't. But whatever. We got there. Yeah, you still reached the goal. So is that, are you also going to try to yeah. do 100 miles for August or are you upping it a bit? I think I'm going to up it. That's I so think exciting. I'm going to bump it up to 125 Ooh. miles. Oh, she's getting wild. I love that. Yeah, man. Oh, wait. Okay. Thank actually, you. Thank you, thank that you. leads super well into one of our questions. Um, someone yeah. asked, geared specifically towards Sudithi. I'm not, I'm not offended. It's fine. <laughs> How do you stay motivated when running? <laughs> I'm not offended. Don't worry. I don't run. <laughs> and I think this is a very thank valid question. question. Yeah, thank you for this question. I love talking about this, um, so I'm going to try and keep it brief. Um, I want to share a, a quote first that I heard from a woman named Tyler Haney. She's the founder of the activewear company called Outdoor Voices. I heard her interviewed yes. on the NPR podcast, How I Built This. Love this um, podcast. It it's my favorite one right now. Yeah, it's 
Yeah, it's such a... I've loved it recently because I mentioned a couple episodes ago, I was trying to kind of put some distance between myself and like the dreary news of 2020. So I've been listening to How I Built This mm-hmm. instead and it's lovely. It's and super Tyler interesting. Haney on the episode... Yeah, she talks about um, why she started her activewear brand and she, she shared this quote or she said this thing, which was um, she wanted to uncouple fitness from performance um, and that's why she started her brand. And that really resonated with me. The idea of like exercise and fitness being something that you just do for yourself mm-hmm. because it's fun, because it makes you feel good rather than feeling like you have to achieve certain goals or like you know meet certain standards that other standards that other people are setting for you um so to you know I want you know listener for you to keep this in mind I think it'll really help you to have a bit more of a balanced approach to exercise as a whole and running also um I have like three or four main tips though for motivation the first is that the heart the hardest part is definitely getting started um I I really like I when I tell you that yeah, when I tell you that about like a year or two ago, I couldn't run for more than like 10 minutes without stopping. I had to start really, really, really slowly. Um, but actually, I messed up a little bit because I want to say that before you start setting little goals, I think that the best way to get to get started with uh, running or any new form of exercise is to figure out your why. Uh, mm-hmm. If you don't have strong why power for starting a new habit or building something new into your routine you're never going to stick with it and so figure out what your why is and for me uh the my like why power i'm saying this in air quotes for running was that i wanted to invest in this form of exercise to keep myself healthy for as long as possible i wanted to find something and love it and be able to stick to it for you know the rest of my life um that was based off of a yeah based off of a variety of experiences i had but it was like investing in my health for like longevity's sake so that was really powerful and that really has stuck with me um so yeah find your why next tip is setting really small goals like i said i started off with literally just running for 10 minutes then i was like then 11 then 12 and those were really really small goals um i think it's good to set a big goal and to break it up into little little goals Mm -hmm. so my big goal was like running a 5k at the time but i broke it up into tiny pieces so it was 10 minutes 11 minutes 12 minutes and so yeah that's my second tip (laughs) my third tip is that there's a variety of tools out there that can really help you my favorite for when i got started um was the nike plus run club app i don't use it anymore but what i really liked about it as i got started was that they have guided runs so as you're running there's literally someone in your ear like a coach um who's telling you like okay we're starting breathe this way now we're in the middle this is what you should be thinking now we're wrapping up and the guided runs are as short as 16 minutes long they're really accessible and then they work their way up to about 40 minutes um and i want to point out that like there is often this wall that you hit with running as you're working your way up in the beginning where it feels like before you kind of break through this wall it's like oh my god this is so tiring this is so exhausting why am i doing this like your legs feel heavy your breathing is hard um and and more than anything mentally it feels like the biggest challenge in the world like like three miles like running for 30 minutes like that feels like insurmountable but if you use these tools and these little goals like these strategies i recommended i think there will come a point where you break through that wall 
and the endorphins kind of take over and then you're just running for pleasure. That's what I really found. I can remember in particular one run that I did where I really felt like that shift happened. Um, and these days, now that I'm a very regular runner, um, I do a variety of things to kind of keep myself engaged. I'm a big like compulsively sign up for races kind of a person. I just signed up for a virtual 10K at the end of the month. Um, they are expensive, so keep that in mind. You don't have to sign up for races to be a runner also. It's like a very financially like accessible sport to anyone. Um, there's a lot of great training plans if you want to really increase your mileage. Hal Higdon has some great ones. I'll link his in the show notes. Um, Strava, if you're a Strava user, that's my preferred running app. They have little challenges, so 5K, 10K, half marathon. I have, this is so many tips. Um, <laughs> tip number four these days is uh, setting monthly mileage goals like I did. And the last one is to switch up your workouts or switch up the loops that you're running. I have a couple, like I'm home right now. I have a couple different loops that I like running. Um, and I also just, you know, sometimes we'll do like different types of workouts. If, you know, if you're a runner, maybe the words tempo run or fart like will mean something to you or doing sprint workouts on a treadmill. So that was a ton of tips. <laughs> I will perhaps outline them in some way on our uh, website or on social media in some way in case people are interested. But I want to just, yeah, circle back to the quote that I mentioned in the beginning, like uncoupling fitness from performance. Mm -hmm. Like if you do this, you know, if you approach running which is a really hard thing to you know fall in love with i know that um i think that you'll feel it'll feel a lot lighter and easier so i think also those are my tips with that quote i think it's really important to remember that like you can start really small like for me when i tried to start running my first goal was to try to run half a mile without stopping which is really yeah. small on yeah. a, for a runner but for me that was huge when i was finally able to do it and it was really exciting yeah. But also, I didn't stick with running because I realized it's just not something I enjoy. So I didn't have the motivation mm -hmm. to do it. So instead, I found other things that I could continue doing. So this week, I did a little bit yeah. of something different every week. My goal was just to stay active. Like, that's what my overall why was. So it doesn't have to be running if that's yeah. not what you're into. So don't feel pressured to do running unless that's the only thing that's accessible to you right now because of quarantine. There's so many yeah. other ways to stay active yes. also. But I think that these oh, tips are super, yeah. super helpful. I really appreciate it. I think the one example you gave of like when you get like um, hit that wall and then you end up like breaking out of it. I thought that was really, really cool to hear about. Yeah. Yeah. It was a special moment. Sounds kind of sappy, but yeah, it's very true. It's exciting. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, OK. Next question. On a totally different note, but it's still very topical. Um, I shall read it. The question is, what is your experience with TikTok? We talked about TikTok a We bunch. literally mentioned it in every um, episode, I think. Yeah, <laughs> I think so. Uh, and then the question goes on to say, and do you feel that its mental health impacts are positive or negative, especially as it relates to body image, et cetera, and why? This is an excellent question. Yeah. Um, I think it's, it's a so really topical. good question. And I think, so overall experience with TikTok, for me, it's literally just this fun thing that like I use in my like five minute breaks from the work day. Cause like if I want to take a five minute break, either I can like lay in bed and just like relax or I can just like, you know, watch something funny. That's my main use of it. I, I definitely feel less addicted to it than I used to, which I'm really happy about. But um, going to like the second part <laughs> of the question, um, this is super, super relevant. And I think for me also, I follow a lot of accounts actually that focus on fitness and nutrition just because I think it's interesting to see what other people have to say about it. Um, and I think the question is really important because there definitely is a lot of harmful content out there, um, especially as it relates to body image. 
Um, for example, I see a lot of videos that are objectively promoting disordered eating and hyping up very specific body types. Um, there's also a lot of harmful content out there about relationships and money and what success might mean. Um, and just a lot of yeah. raising standards really, really high or just unhealthy standards, which I don't appreciate. Yeah. Um, and I could definitely see how that content could see a, could cause a lot of insecurity, especially in younger people mm-hmm. and even people our age yes. or older who just don't know better than to believe what they see out there. Um, mm-hmm. But I think what's nice is that I personally see a lot of content that's a lot more focused on dismantling those stereotypes and all of those different problematic ideas. Mm-hmm. So the TikTokers I follow actually promote positive body image and wellness and positivity. And I see a lot of videos that are directly attacking the kinds of videos with that toxic content I was talking about. So I've actually learned mm-hmm. a lot from it in terms of better nutrition, feeling better about myself, and seeing so many other people who are feeling the same way or in the same boat and on the same kind of like journey towards being healthier. Um, so I think it's definitely a mixed mm-hmm. bag, and you just need to figure out how to curate the content that you're watching. And that's not just on TikTok. Like yes. It's the same thing when it comes to any social media, in my opinion, or even like television or the news and media it's all out there and obviously that's extra important considering like tiktok is probably being banned right now uh, which i'm pretty sad about but it's fine um but i think the biggest (laughs) thing to remember is just when you see something that makes you feel negatively about yourself take a step back and try to understand why is that happening and is that valid like is the message in that video really valid and is it really portraying something you want to believe in um So just kind of like taking that step back, I think is really, really important when it comes to any sort of media Mm -hmm. content about like health or body image. And I hope that's helpful. Yeah, I think that, yeah, I think TikTok gets a little dicey sometimes because this whole stupid algorithm Mm -hmm. that, you know. You can't always control what you're going to see. Yeah, sometimes the things that come up that are like recommended for you are just like, I, I mean, I don't follow, I, I watch a lot of weird things on TikTok, like really random stuff. Um, but sometimes I will just, I don't know why, maybe because of like the demo, like the demographic categories I fall into. I get some of these kinds of TikToks that are just like, I don't know, more problematic. Not that I've ever sought that content out, but it's just there. Mm-hmm. And it, you, I think I'm 21, like, you know, we're older, we understand kind of, like you were saying, like you kind of are intentionally approaching this social media you kind of know what's like good and bad mm-hmm. but for somebody who's younger I think then they're you know they're like for you pages just like populated with these kinds of problematic things I think that's what makes TikTok in particular tricky that makes sense because there's like less I I mean at least in my experience using something like Instagram I scroll through my feed where I choose who I follow so I'm not going to go out of my way and follow somebody who doesn't you know make me feel good about myself mm. And I, I mean, occasional scroll in the Explore tab, but that's different. Um, but with TikTok, it's a lot of just scrolling and based on what the app recommends to you. So um, I'm not really sure what, what what way there is to work around that besides from when, the, when you start using the app in the beginning, make sure to, you know, seek out stuff that makes you feel good and positive. Definitely. And I think in general, mm-hmm. when it comes to social media or any sort of media, just taking a step back and thinking about how it makes you feel and why yes. um, will help to mm-hmm. ease that burden that might be there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, should we get Alrighty. into the next question? Yeah, the next question. Okay, that's a heavy hitter again. Oh, yes, it is. Alrighty, I will. I shall read okay. it. How do you handle or deal with people making assumptions about you? This can be coworkers, friends, family, random people, and also assumptions 
of the positive, <laughs> negative, or neutral sort. Okay. So Big list. Any sort <laughs> any of assumption of any kind from any person. Okay. Um, <laughs> I think this is definitely a really, really important question. And I think it's especially relevant for like college settings, school settings, and even the work setting, um, which I mm-hmm. guess, I don't know if the question specifically mentioned that. Yeah, it mentions coworkers. Um, yeah. And I think I've personally definitely dealt with this a lot throughout my childhood and in college. Like, I think in high school, I had, like, a very certain reputation as just, like, this, like, nerdy, lame kid. Um, And I think everyone just assigned (laughs) me that, like, one singular personality trait. Like, oh, like, she does well in school. There's nothing else to do with her. And, like, Mm -hmm. that's, like, annoying and harmful in, like, some ways and kind of, like, definitely changed who I ended up becoming friends with and, like, that kind of thing and, like, how I socialized. Mm -hmm. Wasn't a huge deal. Like, I always knew, like, okay, I'm getting out of here. Like, I'm going to college. It's not a big deal. Um, but I think it also <laughs> happened a lot in college, like uh, um, in terms of gossip okay. and rumors that led to people just making interesting assumptions about me, especially for us. I think like we go to a school where a lot of people just happen to know each other. It's not that big. Um, and so like words, yeah. get, like rumors and things get around pretty quickly. And I think in certain social circles. Yeah. yeah. And I think it's like I used to get so, so upset about this, like hearing things like that or feeling like people just kind of had an opinion about me for absolutely no reason but what I realized is that if someone's going to make an assumption about you without getting to know you their assumption just isn't valid because it doesn't change anything about you so that assumption's more of a reflection of their poor judgment and lack of Mm -hmm. compassion to get to know you it's not a reflection of your character and I understand that it's Mm -hmm. really really difficult to make the mental choice to not let it get to you which, of course, like, I've experienced yes. that myself. I completely understand. But, like, you just need to continue to remind yourself of, like, who you are and that other people's opinions of you aren't going to change that. So just try your best mm-hmm. to not give unfounded opinions any validation. The only time I would say that you should care about these unfounded assumptions are in a work or academic setting when the person's opinion of you actually does matter. Like, if it's your boss making an assumption about, like, your workability, yes, that matters, and you should work to change it. But at the same time, Mm -hmm. it's not your responsibility to change the opinions of people whose opinions really don't matter. It's not going to affect you in the long run. And these are not Mm -hmm. people that you really want in your life, right? You want the people in your life to care about you, to care about getting to know you, and to push you forward, not to bring Mm -hmm. you down. And I think it's also, with that, also really, really important to check ourselves when we're making assumptions about others so we're not perpetuating that behavior. Because I know I do this too. I objectively make a lot of assumptions about people, which may or may not be true, and Mm -hmm. that's not fair on my part but at the same time if you can understand like what traits you're using to make those assumptions you can start to understand why it doesn't really make sense and then kind of reflect that outward um so it's really just a mental choice I think to realize like okay I have Mm -hmm. to let not let this get to me um and I don't really have any advice beyond that so what about you do you have anything else to add I feel like that wasn't super helpful (laughs) no I mean yeah it's I think that this question is a, you know, it's a really great one. I think this is something that, you know, we rattled with, or at least I did, um, especially I remember in high school, I think feeling really overwhelmed, um, feeling like, oh my God, I have, there's such a lack of control over what other people think about mm-hmm. you. Um, there is, to a certain extent, I think like what you alluded to, like you just have to accept that. Yeah. I think a part of 
maybe this kind of extends beyond the scope of the question, but I think a general part about growing up and about growing into myself, I have found is that you just have to be okay with a certain lack of control in the world in general. And this is one of those things where you have a total lack of control. You have no way of controlling what another person is thinking, what words are gonna come out of their mouth, and if they're in in whatever that may be. This is kind of beyond the realm of just them making negative assumptions about you or positive. The the question says, you know, positive assumptions also. You have no control over that. Um, So I wanna go back to something that I mentioned a couple episodes ago. I don't even remember which one. where we talked about feel about like the people who you surround yourself mm-hmm. with and how that affects your self-image. I think you talked about making a mental choice to ignore this noise that comes from assumptions. Mm-hmm. That can be hard if that is the only noise that you are hearing, like yeah. if you are constantly hearing negativity. So bringing that back to this idea of surrounding yourself with yes, positive yes. people who lift you up, make sure that there is good noise in your life. Make sure that there is people in your life mm-hmm. who make you feel good and like you are worthy and loved and that you are, you know, have a lot of value to bring. Um, and ask and don't be afraid to reach out and lean on those other people for support. Like, hey, I'm having a tough time because I heard XYZ thing from XYZ person. It's got me feeling, you know, XYZ way. You know, I just need some, you know, support and comfort right now. I mean, you don't have to phrase it in that way. But I think like actively, actively leaning on those people in your life who lift you up um, can really help that good positivity yes outweigh the negativity that can come from like people making assumptions about you I think that was like Um, the best way to phrase it thank you that was really helpful yeah Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) because it's hard to it's it's I remember being told by you know a variety of people growing up like you just ignore it just ignore it but I'm like well it it sounds kind of corny maybe but like if at that time, based on, you know, the circumstances of my life, if I was going to ignore that negative noise, really what was left was silence. Yeah. Because there wasn't just a lot of positivity. I didn't feel very socially empowered mm-hmm. at these times in my life. And if I ignored that noise, then there was just silence. And like, what do you do in silence? You yeah. just kind of, I, I at least at the time was just like, I have absolutely no idea how to mm-hmm. handle this. So if possible, um, try and surround yourself with people who lift you up and, that will kind of outweigh that. Yeah, um, I think it was like, I think um, that once, yeah, I think it was like really easy for me to say like, oh, just remember that these people's opinions of you don't change who you are. But like definitely the only reason mm-hmm. I was able to say that about myself was because I had these other people around me to build me up in the yeah. first place. So perfect connections yes. there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think also the assumptions, I mean, for me, I completely hear what you're saying and I've experienced a lot of that also. I think for me, a different, maybe... Some people, uh, as uh, some of our listeners are also immigrant kids like us, or there are some, maybe there's some third culture kids out there like me. Um, I've experienced a lot of people making assumptions about me on a cultural level. Um, Mm. I, you know, have this kind of very ambiguous, not ambiguous, but just confusing um, ethnic identity, national identity. And my name is you know, my name sounds Indian, but I speak English like an American. I look Indian, but then when people ask me where I'm from, I say I'm German. That confuses the heck out of people. Yeah. <laughs> They're like, who are you? This makes no sense. Um, and there's all these levels of disconnect that happen. And so, and people want to categorize people into boxes that they know and understand. And so I found a lot of that mm. where I feel like I was being kind of boxed in. Um, this is a very 
particular type of you know assumption making if anyone has kind of been through anything similar i would love to hear your you know if you want to share i would love to hear your experience i found that in those particular kinds of situations where beyond just like people boxing you in culturally but people boxing you in in general um i found that i had to take the time out to kind of clarify and explain who i was if i felt that the other person was worth my time um so that people kind of developed a more you know holistic or Mm -hmm. true understanding of who i was um that's not always the case though that's a very particular type of assumption making from a very particular type of person where i'm going to take the time out to clarify those very often a lot of that isn't warranted and you don't have to go out of your way and tell people well actually this is who i am often those people are not worth it and they're not worth your time so it really depends yeah and i think with that specifically you could try all you want to change someone's mind but they're not going to change their mind unless they want to and it's easier to make assumptions so it's not your responsibility to go out of your Mm -hmm. way to change people's minds about you yeah yeah you gotta love yourself exactly and again that a lot of that comes from surrounding yourself by really positive people amazing yes Um, Yes, indeed should we move on to the next question sure i can read this one yeah um Okay. okay Are there any movies slash TV shows slash books slash any form of media, really, that have shaped you? Not necessarily formative, but really impactful. Another very big list, um, but I appreciate that. I just love, I love how thorough these yeah, questions are. They're very are. specific, like, but let's, also let's really vague. Include every possible category yeah. of anything that has ever impacted you. Um, okay, so I had... I had this thought come to my mind literally one second ago. I have a list of things written down because, you know, Sweet and I write show notes. And then I realized that the one single thing that has probably impacted me more than any of the things on this list, and you're going to laugh when I say this. She um, says spreadsheets. Is, I'm hanging up. No, 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 no. She said form of media. <laughs> okay. That could be <laughs> she a media. Said form of media. Can it? Uh, Never mind. My Ignore answer me. to this is actually NPR. Oh. Uh, let me explain. Um, yeah, so I, uh, in, I mean, I don't think I've ever explained on the podcast my experience with moving and whatnot. Um, I moved to the U.S. when I was six. Um, my family and I moved here together. Uh, none of us spoke any English. Um, oh. In particular, my parents. Um, I learned to speak English in school, as did my brother. Um, the learning curve was very steep. I mean, it was just like you know, very exponential for us. We just, like, learned right away after the first or second I year. actually didn't know that. I didn't know that until right now. Yeah. I feel like I'd never, we'd never really oh, talked about what the moving the first time English. was like. Yeah, no, I did not speak a word of English. Wow. I remember so clearly being about, I think I was just, like, freshly six years old, and we got here to the U.S. We were here on, like, a um, a look and see trip to any expats who are listening. You probably have done this before where you go to a new place that you're about to move to for about a week. You check out the schools and you check out where you're going to potentially live. So we were on one of those trips. And I remember my dad taking me to an ESL teacher who asked me to pronounce the word giraffe. Like he was like, there was like a picture of a giraffe. And in English we say j like giraffe. But in German, the word is giraffe. And so I couldn't say that correctly. So I said giraffe, giraffe. I kept saying that over and over again. That's like such a clear memory that I had the first time when I was like, I need to learn how to speak English and I have no idea how to do it. But anyway, um, none of us spoke any English. My brother and I learned through school, though. It kind of took about a year or two. But my mom and my dad, it was kind of, they had different experiences. And for my mom in particular, she's Indian, so she had learned English growing up, but there was not really, like, a, it wasn't very advanced mm-hmm. English 
um, she went to, she was Gujarati, it was like a Gujarati medium school that she went to. So anyway, um, on the radio here, like at, I remember like when she would drive us to school or drive us to after school activities, uh, there was always a lot of radio stations playing English music and she didn't really like English music or like American music or Western music in general in particular. Um, I mean, A, probably because like the lyrics didn't mean anything to her um, and B, because I just don't think she was a fan of it. So instead, um, she started listening to NPR and I remember being as young as like, I think I was third or fourth grade when we started listening to NPR in the car um, and I was like eight years old and I didn't really understand um, like what they were saying and I was like mom can we like listen to the radio uh, but she be like no like we should listen to it we're gonna learn something from this oh wow and that was something that we stuck with like that we did until we left the U.S. for Switzerland when I was in high school we'd always listen to NPR in the car and now as like you know an adult um i am so grateful that she did that because i think it just inspired this love for like just wanting to learn new things like if you sit there for a day and listen to npr radio you will learn so many things that you just had no idea where like i think it's very easy to get trapped in our own little bubble in the world and listening to npr for a day you learn about the craziest different things um about music and the news and whatever and um I think it also really brought, has, and now especially in quarantine, has really brought my parents and I together mm-hmm. um, because we all still love NPR. So that That's was such a wonderful story. <laughs> long ended. And I'm yeah, shocked I've never heard I, that I before. Think, really? That's crazy. I, yeah. yeah, I I think it maybe, I don't know, I've spoken to like a few friends who are current NPR devotees mm. about how like they got into it because they're also like immigrant kids whose parents didn't want to listen to like western slash american music on the radio because they didn't like Mm -hmm. it and so they used npr as a medium to learn and you know whatever so yeah the npr is very near and dear to my heart i want to be one of those people who's like a lifetime donor and i get like a plaque oh my god i met i am so devoted to the cause i my mom and i watched a live taping i've watched two live npr tapings um yeah, I love it so much. Wow. So that's my that's my answer. That like definitely that was so long winded. Wow. I also had notes for it, but now this reminds me <laughs> so, like very different story. Like my parents both like spoke English when they came here because my mom went to English medium mm-hmm. schools like for the second half of her life, and I think my dad always mm-hmm. went to English medium schools, and he also like came here for okay. his masters or whatever. Um, mm-hmm. But we only spoke Telugu at home when me and my brother were really little. So like mm-hmm. all of these home videos of us when we're babies, we spoke only fluent Telugu, which is also really interesting because like we barely speak it now. Yeah. Um, and so mm. when my brother first started school, they put him in ESL because he genuinely like needed it. Um, and I think because of that, my parents didn't like that he was being taken out of class to like learn English better. So they started speaking English at home uh. more, which I three years younger than my brother. So like that happened when I was much younger. So I think I started school okay. and they put me in ASL and then after a month or so realized like I didn't need it because like my parents had started speaking English mm-hmm. to me. But on a different mm-hmm. note, like especially when I was younger, my parents both worked a lot. Like my mom um, worked like a normal like nine to five job. My dad used to work in New York and he wouldn't get home until like seven or 8 p.m. So, mm-hmm. and on top of that, I was a very, very quiet and introverted kid. On top of that, my parents didn't really understand this whole concept of like play dates or like socializing with friends. So uh-huh. I think the majority of my like yeah. childhood, I didn't really hang out with my school friends very often. So I was definitely like mm-hmm. a pretty lonely kid. And I learned mm-hmm. to read <laughs> really, really young, probably yeah. in preschool. 
Mm. And so, like, for example, when I was in kindergarten, I was reading at, like, a fifth grade level because, like, that's all I did. What? Yes. Like, I didn't really watch TV when I was a little kid besides, like, because I don't think we had cable. A fifth grade level? We didn't have cable, so I literally just read all the time. Like, I would read a book a day. Oh. Um, and so wow. that's just all I did. And I think it was because I had nothing else to do and I was lonely and, like, I connected a lot to, like, the characters. And it made me feel like I had, like, something going mm. on in my world and, like, creativity in a way. Um, mm. And then... So I guess that's probably what shaped me the most in terms of like my personality. And then from there, I switched to TV. Mm. And I think because I didn't socialize mm. a lot as a kid, I like very much connected to the characters that I saw in TV shows and books. Uh-huh. Um, yeah. And I think like... What was your, what was your favorite... Oh, yeah, sorry, no, what I were you going to ask? Finish your story. I was going to ask you what your favorite like... Because there's all these like book series yeah. that the library shelves in elementary schools oh, are stocked so with. Many. What's your favorite one? I can't choose. So when I was really little, I loved Juno B. Jones. Um, mm. And then... A classic. I think... I'm trying to remember of like the books I really, really liked in like elementary school, which is probably like all the classics like Percy Jackson. Absolutely loved it. Mm. Um, there was this yeah. other series. I don't think it's as popular, but I loved the series. It's called like The Sisters Grimm all about like fairy tales and things like that like the Grimm Brothers fairy tales um absolutely love those books and so it was like I Mm. like to read a lot of books about kids who were like my age like going on all their adventures because my life was really boring and I lived in the suburbs of New Jersey (laughs) Um, but yeah I'd say like those books definitely shaped me a lot but I think tv shows wise the one show that I started watching as like a little kid and then I think I've seen every single episode of 17 times and I guess it's probably a cliche at this point is like friends um but it's mainly just because like my one older cousin who grew up in India was obsessed with this show and we would watch it Uh whenever we went to visit her so it became like a childhood Mm. thing that just like lasted um and so I feel like Mm. my idea of what it meant to be an adult was really shaped off of friends which is super interesting I guess (laughs) because it's like that's just not accurate at all yeah Um, but yeah yeah I feel like other it's Hmm. in general I would say books as a whole and tv shows as a whole definitely shaped my understanding of like what it meant to be an American and like an American adult in a way because my parents Hmm. took a longer time to adapt to American culture even though they'd been here for so long very interesting I hope that makes sense Hmm. Yeah, that's so interesting. I honestly, honestly, when we when we first got this question, I thought you and I were both going to give like really specific yeah, examples. Yeah, because our notes are pretty and specific. And I was kind of struggling to answer this. Yeah, but I also, to, I mean, the stuff that we have on this list is like certain books that we really mm-hmm. like. But to be honest, I think media more broadly has had, you know, I think it's had these kind of broader effects. Definitely. I, I struggle to name like one mm-hmm. book or one movie that like totally changed my life. Yeah. I think that's a very romanticized idea I that agree. like you can consume one piece of advice and it can entirely shift your mm-hmm. worldview. I think changing of your worldview is much more of like a gradual thing. Yeah. So for us, we've had these, you know, bigger things that have mm-hmm. gradually kind of changed the way that we see the world. Yeah, definitely. Because um, I think I was like, gonna also say that I was just gonna yeah. I think like different books and movies can teach you things, of course, like that's the whole point. But for a book uh-huh. to really change my entire perspective about something, it would have to be a really good book or a really good know, movie or something. Yeah. And you know, it, it's also like, this is such a tangent. It's also like you have to be reading it at the right point yes. in your life. When, like, those po- when those yes. things like really resonate with like what you're going through. But that's so hard. Like how do, how do you how do you know Mm -hmm. you don't know so definitely (laughs) so that's kind of hard to time but um I was also gonna 
sidebar say that the magic treehouse oh yes i also loved those elite and um did you ever read geronimo stilton that's another one that just came into my head yes oh my god the memories love geronimo stilton and uh judy bloom yes and oh there was another one where they would like uh what's it called what's it called this guy, I'm, like, really so annoyed that I can't remember the name because the author is from, like, around where I live in New Give Jersey. me some details. He came to visit our school. Um, the, there's a lot of, like, rhyming and the characters are... What? It's not Dan Brown. Dan Brown is somebody completely different. Dan but Brown I feel like wrote, like, The Dan. Da Vinci Code. And he, yeah, that's definitely not it. Um, is it Roald <laughs> Dahl? Came to visit my school. No, 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 no. I'm going to remember this after we hit stop on recording. I'm going to Google yes. it and then I'm going to be really Or if any of our listeners can he figure it out, let us know. What was it? They were all like different colors and there was a lot of rhyme. I like can visualize the cartoons in my head Is it the right Smurfs? now. And I cannot tell you. I don't know no, what you're talking no. about right now. It was about school kids. It was about school kids. Um, and the guy came to our school and... I thought he was a celebrity. I think I was the first time I ever felt starstruck because I love. Oh my god, Rick Riordan, like the author of the Percy Jackson series, came to my school in the fifth grade, and he asked a question to the whole audience. I rose my hand, and he called on me, and I answered it, and I felt famous. That was my like celebrity moment. Oh wow! I just wanted to share that. I was really proud of it. I yeah, that's amazing. I think like. (laughs) 10-year-old me would have been floored if I, I was in shock. Him. Wow. Um, okay, so nuts. while Siddiqui continues to remember this, um, that was actually our last question. Yeah. Um, if any of our listeners can figure out what book she's talking about, please let us know. But uh, in the meantime, also submit your questions. Let us know what you'd like to see on our podcast or even on our social media. Um, we're trying to keep it changing up, keep it popping. I'm sorry. I don't know why I said that, but it was kind of fun to say. Ignore me. (laughs) Um, But yes, keep them coming. Thank you very much for listening today. Okay. Okay. Yes. Thank you guys for being here. Have a wonderful rest of your day. Keep it (laughs) popping. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of Silent Lotus. Stay in touch with us on Instagram or Twitter at Silent Lotus Pod and submit your questions on our website at SilentLotusPod.com. Your question might be featured in a future episode. We'd also love to see you leave us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts and perhaps share this episode with a friend. Thanks and see you next week.